Why, it is four o'clock on a Thursday, which means time again for everything under the sun here on KDNK. I'm your host, Raleigh Burley, and joining me in studio is the one and only Luke Wander, who you may have noticed is our puzzle maker now for, I don't know how many months, but going on like six. started in July. Wow, so like six months. Today was the 31st week of the Itsy Bitsy Crossword Corner. Wow. So. So you've kept it going. Yeah. That that in itself is super cool. So we're going to talk about your puzzle making and what brought you into that, what, what piqued your interest in doing that. And also you've been doing some really fantastic sports coverage, which we've been glad to carry, including two stories this week with photographs by Sue Rollison. Um, so jumping in, Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to live in the Valley, and um, just fix that microphone, and yeah, where you came from. Yeah, uh, I come from a town called Fairview, North Carolina. It's just outside of Asheville. People might have heard of it. Um, Via Chapel Hill and China and Summit County, I arrived here in Carbondale in June of last year. So a couple weeks ago when I was listening to to this program, and I think you had Tom Carroll on, we had pretty similar timelines of arrival. Okay. Yeah. Um, And in terms of crossword puzzles... um, I'd say I've been doing a crossword puzzle most days for the past eight or nine years. And people might not know this, but the Roaring Fork Valley is a crossword, I don't want to say mecca, but Hmm. if you go to the newspaper stand, you can really have a lot of entertainment if you're looking for crossword puzzles. The Aspen Times has the New York Times crossword puzzle every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Aspen Daily News carries the L.A. Times puzzle, which is a really good one that I first was introduced to at at Chapel Hill. The paper there carried that one. The Post-Independent has has their own puzzle, and I thought the Soper Sun would be great if they could contribute too. Um, And the origin of the the 3x3 puzzle, which is... I recognize it's really, really small mm-hmm. compared to your 15 by 15 puzzle that you see in most newspapers. But a, a few weeks after meeting my girlfriend, Hannah Hunt, who lives here in town, I decided to make her a crossword puzzle. And I got out a piece of graph paper and was thinking, you know, how many squares did I want it to be? Did I want it to be three by three or four by four or five by five and four by four was way too hard so it was three by three all right and i sent it to her and she figured it out pretty quickly and then a few days later she made one a similar one and sent it back and um there was probably a month or two where we were sending you know Every other every day, we had a three by three crossword puzzle streak going. But we both realized that it was it took a lot of time to do that, and so we phased it out eventually. <laughs> this so, is just too much. I work. love 
how perfect that is, seeing as we're so close to Valentine's Day that <laughs> our crossword puzzles have this romantic origin story. Like, Wordle has a very similar sto- origin story as a, something that was, you know, one person just trying to make something fun for another person. And mm-hmm. um, I think the New York Times bought that idea for a cool million. Right. Um, the the 3 by 3 crossword puzzle wasn't unique enough to... It's to, not to carry too that late. Kind of price. <laughs> yeah, it could still happen. <laughs> but it's been really fun to to write a puzzle every week mm-hmm. and see it in the Soper Sun. And I, <clears throat> you know, the the problem with it is is that sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's really easy, and it's not really a, a consistently uh, predictable mm-hmm. puzzle in terms of its difficulty. But <clears throat> my hope is that people see it and that it tickles their brain for few seconds and or a few minutes or a few hours um you said you were thinking about today's i did one in my head once oh and um and i've tried ever since i haven't succeeded beyond that one time but you can you can take a pen and write it on your arm right on a piece on a you know you can write it on anything right yeah it helps to to put the letters down but it is like an extra memory challenge too if you want to try and just solve it in your head um i wanted to do a shout out to stan badgett who who passed away but um previous to luke he was doing puzzles for a number of years and original puzzles often with kind of local lore and trivia making their way in and um i have it on my wall stan badgett was hospitalized with covid uh, he left the hospital and he turned in a puzzle and then he emailed me again said, sorry, that was, uh, there was a mistake, run this one. And that happened two or three times. And, um, and then he passed away. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, his, his last puzzle between leaving the hospital and passing away was published, uh, that week. And yeah, I solved it here with, Cody Lee and also Chris Hassig back in the music office at Katie and K and um, just felt very profound. I'll have to dig in the archives for that because I never saw those. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're see them. they're fun. Um, yeah, one of them, one of the clues. It was like an alternate route to get up La Plata, and it was Ellingwood Ridge and I knew it because mm. I almost died on Ellingwood Ridge. <laughs> and so I was like, Whoa, Stan was speaking to me. Um, yeah, but I love this tradition. And, uh, we had Suzoku for a little while there too. Shout out to Susan Brady, who was putting that together. Mm. Um, and you're carrying the tradition on. I think it's, it's really beautiful. Um, in addition to Brian's unparalleled universe comic, which has held that page for like four years now, um, to have a consistent puzzle appearing there as well. Yeah. People should be on the lookout for a possible puzzle and comic mashup that uh, maybe I haven't told you about yet. Uh-huh. You might, you might find out about it too. Okay. I look forward to that. Yeah. The two might talk to each other. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, and I'm sure you saw Brian's word search around the new year. Loved it. That was good. Yeah. Our cat loved it too. <laughs> um, so you mentioned briefly when you're introducing yourself that uh, your arc, which took you to Carbondale, included China. Do you want to 
share a little bit more about your experience in China and what you were doing? Yeah. Um, China wasn't really on my radar as a, a place that was interesting to me until I was 18 and in 12th grade and my chorus and band my high school decided to travel there to do a 10-day trip in which we performed a few times and met some other high school students and got to do some touristic things but it was my first time leaving the country and much like your time in in Chile um, and it was very eye-opening and I found myself less than a year later signing up for Chinese language classes at, at UNC Chapel Hill and though those classes were definitely some of the tougher academic classes I've ever taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, over the course of three or four semesters, slowly, gradually began to actually enjoy it and view it, getting back to the puzzle piece, um, as kind of a, a puzzle to solve linguistically. And it really it tickled my brain in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. So I applied for a, uh, a chance to, to study in Beijing for six months, and I was really lucky to get that. Mm-hmm. Spent six months there and lived with a Chinese guy, um, which was really incredible and, and um, made some memories that'll last a lifetime. But also then got really good at Chinese because I, I had to speak it. And the, the program rules were you, you, can, you can get caught speaking Chinese or speaking anything that's not Chinese three times. Mm-hmm. And on the third time, you're going to buy a plane ticket and go back. Wow. And strict. <clears throat> very strict, but effective. Mm-hmm. And um, after returning to the U.S. and graduating, I, I knew that I wanted to be back there. So I made that happen. Um, I got a job teaching Canadian history in China, which was wow. really fun. I, I, I majored in history and in Chinese. And so I was teaching history and getting to speak a lot of Chinese in that job and lived there for three and a half years. And then itched to be back in the U.S., closer to my family and um, in a place that appreciated and and enjoyed the outdoors. Okay. So a lot of different places um, called out, but Colorado called out loudest. And there was a school in in Frisco called the Peak School that had an opening for a Chinese teacher. And they'd only been in existence for four years at that point, but they they wanted someone to come in and take over a, a Chinese language program that was losing a, their teacher every year, hmm. just going back to China. So I, I hopped in and um, spent six years there teaching middle and high schoolers how to speak Chinese. And so if you go to Summit County and you go skiing at Copper Mountain or A Basin and you see some kids and hear some kids saying weird things in a different language maybe there old students your former students <laughs> yeah. well and so now in carbondale you work at the ross montessori school yeah 
yeah. Did that happen before? Was that your reason for coming to Carbondale, or did you find that job after you moved here? Uh, I made the decision to move before finding a job, which... Um, Daring. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's riskier. But it's worked out. Um, yeah. There, there wasn't a school here that had a Chinese program. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's... It's a risk for a school to have a Chinese program, just on the basis of um, how, our, how our two countries see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's a really fun language. It's difficult, but it's difficult in, in the reading and writing aspects, and it's much easier in the conversational aspects. And um, Ross Montessori has given me the chance to do some of that. I teach a class with kindergarten through sixth graders that isn't just one thing. It's, it's, I call it storytelling, and we do a combination of Chinese stuff and Spanish stuff and theater stuff and a little bit of music, and the idea is that by the end of the, the hour, we've told some kind of story. Um, and I try to incorporate all four of those things, but sometimes we get a little bit too far into just one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a lot of fun. And and if you know someone who goes to Ross Montessori and they're in kindergarten through sixth grade, ask them to say some Chinese numbers for you, and they will be able to. I, I promise you that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you're finding opportunities to continue to, to use your Chinese and to share it as yeah. well. Yeah. For people who are just tuning in, this is Everything Under the Sun. My name is Raleigh Burley, and our guest today is Luke Wander. We've spoken a little bit about the Itsy Bitsy Crossword Corner and the Sopra Sun. Um, I do want to touch on, as well, your work in the sports writing, because that's uh, something you bring a lot of strength to. And I can just admit right now that it's not my strength, (laughs) sports writing. And so I wonder... um, where that comes from. Yeah. Um, I guess I just grew up in a community that, that played really hard, and we didn't have ski slopes. Okay. So the games we played were soccer and football and basketball and all sorts of various combinations of those sports. And <clears throat> I wouldn't describe myself as a deeply sports-oriented person, and I think, I think there are a lot of very strange things about both American sports and the just all sports that human beings play, mm-hmm. but they're very entertaining. And even just going down to the park and seeing a game of volleyball, I mean, there's some, there's a story there. Um, and actually as I was, you know, thinking about moving here to Carbondale, I was reading about the Roaring Fork boys soccer team and their run to the state championship last year Mm -hmm. and thinking how that was a pretty impressive feat for a team from the mountains and I'd been wanting to go to a game all year long but hadn't really got a hold of the schedule or for whatever reason just never found myself at a game until I think it was in November I kind of randomly went to a a game that happened to be their final home game because it was a playoff game Mm -hmm. but I saw you there right and you were there to write about it. And soccer, of all the sports, soccer is the one that 
I live and breathe and I, I read about it every day and um, the, the games are played at, at a time of day where if you live in the US you, you can't really watch them very easily if you have a normal job mm-hmm. um, so I end up reading a lot about it instead of watching it and I think I shared with you some things that you should write down to describe that game. My best soccer vocabulary <laughs> right. today. As, as the Rams uh, scored three goals in that second half and and moved on to the next round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you asked me if I was interested in writing about sports for the Soper Sun, and I, it was something that I've not done before, um, but it's a very fun way to, to get into the community and see what's happening and um, you know, get to know the the teams more than just going once. Mm-hmm. Um, I only went once. I, I I wrote about the basalt football team in their season this past fall, and only got to go to one game. And the experience left me thinking, man, I really wish I had gone to two or three games as opposed to just one, mm-hmm. because what I saw was the kind of the the final product. And I missed the the build up and all the the excitement that would have happened at other games, but um, <clears throat> going to see basketball games and this past week wrestling for the first time ever it's just a learning experience because when you asked me to do to, to cover wrestling i i i'd never i didn't know any of the vocabulary you know beyond a you know, a pin. Right. And so I was, I went and was kind of nervous. I thought, you know, am I just going to write some names and put some commas in between them and hope for the best. But, um, I was quickly directed to, to talk to people there in the gym, um, at Roaring Fork and, and, uh, some parents were really helpful and I was asking them questions and, you know, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And, you know, why is the scoreboard doing that? And mm-hmm. um, it was it was really fun, and I learned a lot. And what the basalt team has done with their girls team is really impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was an article today in the Aspen Daily News about them as well. Okay, it's their first year in existence, and they're kicking as a girls team. Butt. Yeah, and um, the hope is that. Their success means there are more girls' teams in the future. Right. Yeah, and a shout-out to Sue Rollison, yeah. who captured some amazing photos from that match. Um, the one in particular is Nayeli Membreno, um, who's taken this one girl down. Yeah, it's her, <laughs> it's her first year no wrestling. Contest. <laughs> it's her first year wrestling, and then she's doing that. It's, it's so great. And the group photo really captures the sense of camaraderie from the team you can you can feel it just looking at that photo and reading the coverage yeah. how close these these wrestlers are to each other and their coach yeah it's a it's a sport where individuals are out there on the mat one on one with another human being and mm-hmm. um and yet they're a team which is uh different from a lot of the sports that I grew up playing mm-hmm. um so it was cool to see that and talk to the coaches and and the parents and um 
I wish I'd been to more matches. Mm. Yeah. And also made me want to wrestle. So okay. if anybody wants to wrestle. Yeah. Can we start a, <laughs> what do they call them? Just a, for fun team. Uh, pick up wrestling in the park. I don't think that's going to go well. Pick actually. up wrestling. That sounds like it might not go well. Might not. Um, well, so we know you work at Ross and then you started making these puzzles and picked up some sports coverage. And then I was astonished when I went to Handel's Messiah and I saw you singing <laughs> in the back row there as well. It was one of those moments of like, wow, this person is doing it all. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I sang pretty much every day of the week from sixth grade to 12th grade. Oh. Had some really wonderful choir teachers back, uh, back home. Mm-hmm. And for a decade and a half, I, I didn't do that at all. And, um, I'd search for opportunities to do that in various places, but the Aspen Choral Society was the first, um, the first one that, that A, existed and B, had a schedule that was, um, sane that, you know, a normal person could, could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough in, in high school to sing Handel's Messiah, uh, with a, with a group of maybe 200 singers. It's really fun. It's hard. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that much time to do it, but that was an advantage in terms of, of coming in, you know, it had been, um, a number of years since I'd looked at that music, but going into the rehearsals, the first rehearsals and singing through the whole thing with, uh, the, the, the bass section was a thrill. It was, it was like coming back to a, an old book or an old movie that from your childhood and it's all there and it has all the, the lines that you remember and, the, the the highs and lows that um, it was special and then to be able to perform that in in three different locations with that group was really fun and I'll I'll be doing it next year definitely and oh cool I would encourage anyone who enjoys singing and wants to be part of a group to, to do the same mm-hmm. um, rehearsals are once a week for two hours and it's it's really meditative mm-hmm and it really it it was it, they're on Sunday evenings and Sunday evenings for some people can be a time of heightened anxiety and so it was nice to go into the Third Street Center and start singing and just sort of relax. Some of the songs don't allow you to relax too much, but yeah, in terms of the whole two hours, it's very calming. Any other niches that you've discovered in your time here so far? Um, so far, I'd never thought I would be a, a Nordic skier. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I'll be one of any sort of renown ever. <laughs> but um, that's been a really fun thing to explore. Um, my first time, my first afternoon out on Nordic skis was just down the road. Um, on the Rio Grande Trail, headed down to Catherine's store um, road, and it was it was tough. And I've I've come a long way since that first day, um, including switching from from classic to to skate skiing. And um, and we've been out 
Yeah. Yeah. And skates together it's been with fun. Brian Colley. He yeah. had a business meeting. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've really enjoyed writing about the, the theater that is happening mm-hmm. um, here in the Valley. And um, I was lucky enough to go and see Proof in November and, and write about it. Um, we have breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so some breaking news. Wow, this is, this is a really fun first time on radio, Raleigh. Thank you for this. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can parse this out. So <clears throat> there is an eighth grade basketball game tonight at 5 p.m. So not long from now. Um, it's against Basalt, and looks like the the team is not bad. They're second. They're second seed. Wow. So if you're a basketball fan, go down to I I'm guessing it will be at is there a gym at the middle school? I believe there, yeah, at the Carbondale Middle School. Great. I'm learning I'm learning a lot. If they're um, not there, try the high school. Right. But <laughs> right. Right. Thank you. Thank you to the caller who who wanted to let our community know it's it's really so important um to support our kids doing the sports and it it does them good it does us good makes us closer as a community to uh lift one another up in that way yeah um sports can be uh uh you know wild and crazy thing but they can also be something that brings people together mm-hmm. and um so yeah get out there and and go cheer on your your rams we have just about a minute left here in our show today, and you were beginning to talk a bit about um, Thunder River Theater and the review you wrote for them, which was also phenomenal. You're a wonderful writer, Luke. We're glad to have you on our team. Thank you. Um, any other topics of interest that you might explore in the future? That's a great question. Um, my interests, we've, we've talked about them all so far today. Um, Puzzles, theater, singing, Chinese. Um, I could talk to you about history for a long, long time, mm. but we we only we have less than thirty seconds now. You could have a Canadian history lesson in Chinese Oof. that we print. That'd be really fun. <laughs> be a little niche, but right. people, somebody. We get one or two. Yeah. Thank you, Raleigh. Here's our theme music. Stay tuned for the Colorado Sun Show coming up next. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Luke, for being here. Thanks for having me.